Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, April 29th. We are less than 30 days away from the NBA lottery. How are we feeling now? Doing good. Doing good, man. How about you? Doing good, man. I feel like, you know, now we're starting to get closer and closer and closer to this lottery. And I don't know about you, but I'm already, already getting anxious, man. I'm ready to get to it we're already jumping into the second round of the playoffs you know as much as i like seeing these uh playoff basketball games i'm ready to roll through it and get get to find out where we land man at the very least because then we gotta wait another time frame before you know we're able to see where we draft yeah it's the most in my opinion it's the hardest time of the year knowing the lottery knowing the draft is so close um but we're getting closer man two and a half weeks to the lottery month and a half ish till the draft we're getting there in today's episode, we are going to talk about the 2021 NBA draft class. The Athletic just came out with a new article talking about how they would redraft this last draft class. Kind of give you our thoughts on that. We're going to jump into our tankathon.com draft simulation to kind of see if we continue to get lucky. Last week, we got, what was it, third? So we're going third. to see if we can kind of continue that role. Um, and then we're going to talk about why we should and should not draft Chet Holmgren. It's like one of the most bipolar topics. You, you're either for it or you're against it. So I want to give you our thoughts on that. Um, but before we get into it, Al, I want, I want to hear from you. John Morant. John Morant won most improved player this year. What are your thoughts on a big name winning most improved player? Someone that's already you know, been more or less established. What are your thoughts on Ja? I don't know, man. I love his game. But the reality is I I think that award should be used differently. I think that award should be given to guys who have been through a lot in the league, who really took a major leap um, into their time in the NBA. Ja was second-round pick in the draft. He was also someone who made the All-Star game. He's been in the spotlight. We know he's going to be great. He's supposed to be great. I feel like that award should be given to someone who has struggled, who has been through more. Um Again, a name that comes to mind to me, maybe because I watch the team pretty often, is Jordan Poole, a guy from Golden State who went from being a, a low first-round pick to playing the G League, not getting any minutes with the team, to all of a sudden being a key starter on that team this season. And not only that, while Clay was out, while Steph was out with injury, this kid stepped up and made a name for himself, averaging 18 points a game this season. Um, but he's had so many great games, 30 points, 25 points. He made a name for himself all this season. I think that's a perfect name to give that award to. Um, just my take. I think it shouldn't be to someone who has the high expectations like John Morant and who, again, has been an all-star already. That's just my thoughts. How about you? I mean, I see the reasons why. We're talking about, yes, the the dude has already been an all-star. The dude's been playing out of his mind. Um, we're, we're no surprise. Where It's kind of what you expect from a second pick in the draft. At the same time, we're talking about a dude that went from averaging 19 points a game to 27 points a game. Also talking about a guy that, you know, led his Memphis Grizzlies to what 56 wins this year. They're second, they were second place in the West. They were eighth last season. So we went from eighth to second. Dudes are almost averaging about 30 points a game. Massive jump. And this isn't the same Memphis Grizzlies team that 
you know, they had last season. You got more players that are developed that, you know, they're playing better basketball. You got players that are definitely a lot healthier, but we can't deny that Jai isn't the main reason why they're playing so well. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that I've watched, you know, a handful of Grizzly games, but just by looking at it from an outside perspective, I see the reasons why. At the same time, I, I would have also liked to have seen, you know, a, a, a no name become a big name. And that's why I kind of, I kind of like the fact that Ja gave up his, his trophy. He just gave it up. He didn't feel himself like he deserved it. Or maybe not so much that he didn't deserve it, but he saw one of his teammates that, you know, had really, really, really developed and was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give this to you because I think you deserved it. But I, I agree. I think that, you know, there's, there should be, there should be a limit and maybe, maybe, you know, from a draft class perspective, maybe there should be like a, a, a rank or a, a stop point where if you were a lottery pick, you can't win most improved play. I don't know, but something of that sort um, to kind of, you know, show that the guys that were in the second round or a late first round pick that end up making that massive jump because it's a lot farther for them, in my opinion, I think it would be a little more meaningful, I think. I agree completely. And, and not only that, think about the fact that to get an opportunity in the NBA, it's never easy, right? So when you're picked second, third, fourth, whatever it may be, you're pretty much entitled a starting position or at least to get minutes off the bench. Think about a guy that gets drafted lower in the draft, someone who gets picked in the, in the second round. They're not guaranteed minutes. They're not guaranteed a spot. They have to truly go out there and earn it. So I think that's where, in my opinion, that improvement comes from, that, that development, that, that award in my mind, comes from a guy that really shouldn't be where he is today, but yet some way, somehow he made it there. Um, again, no, I cannot take anything away from John Moran. Like he's, a, he's had an amazing season. Did, he's doing incredible things in the playoffs right now. But again, this award, in my opinion, he's more of an MVP candidate, potential guy, than he yeah. would be a most improved. Yeah, I mean, you you had people already hyping Ja up before the season. Yeah, people in the national media that even prior to their uh, their rise, you know, talking about, you know, the Grizzlies making it to the Western Conference Finals. They were already talking about these things. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I, I think that, you know, I would have liked to have seen another person that didn't have that name now have the names. And I know it's not about that. It's about stats. And every almost every single award that we're really looking at, a lot of it has to do with whether they want to admit it or not. A lot of it has to do with the results of the team, so I, I kind of get it from that aspect as well. But I mean, if we're if we're looking at awards, what player on our roster right now, what would be the most likely award to come out of Orlando if we were to win an award? What would be the most likely? That's a good question. I mean, I I think it's either going to be whoever we draft in this upcoming draft, winning Rookie of the Year, hopefully, or from a former established Magic player, I still have hopes, man, for Jonathan Isaac, if he's healthy, to have the potential to be a, a defensive player of the year. The key is if he can stay healthy. Uh, we've seen plenty of it of him as a young guy, rookie, sophomore season, just the impact that he can have on the court, guarding Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs um, back in 2019 and how great he did. Imagine that now that he's a little bit stronger, he's been learning the game more, I mean, he hasn't been on the court, unfortunately, but I think if he can come back 
playing at the same level that he was before the injury or close to it on the defensive end, he's a guy in Orlando that could potentially win an award um, the quickest. Uh, there's others that come to mind, but to me, he's the one. How about you? Um, I would love to see a most improved player um, award coming out of Orlando, especially I feel like the last couple seasons we've – uh, we've kind of really wanted to shoot for like the six man award. We really wanted Terrence Ross to win that because we felt like he was very impactful for us off the bench. Um, but who I would want to see make that jump, I'd like to see Wendell Carter get most improved player. You already you already got uh, Jeff Waltman, you know, hyping him up, calling him you know top ten best center in the NBA. You can agree to disagree. I'm leaning on the fence of agreeing. I think that. He's a player that can really impact the floor. Whether you want to call out nine centers better than him, go right ahead and do it. But I like what we got from Wendell. And I feel like, you know, he's already established himself this season, at least mentally, knowing that, you know, this past season was a season for him to kind of prove himself. He got that contract extension. Great. Now this is the year that you put in the work to get even better. And I think that now he knows that he's not – Worrying about, you know, how, if he's going to be healthy, if he's going to get playing time in Chicago, he kind of knows where his place is here in Orlando. He gets the team, he gets the players, he gets the coaching staff, he knows what's expected of him. And I think that if you're looking at a player, you know, he's definitely a player that can make that leap. But with me saying that, I also say the exact same thing for Markel Fultz. So Markel is also in that, in that mode where he's going into his very first offseason extremely healthy to where he can really, really hone down his skills. And I think that he's another player that can definitely, definitely, um, you know, make the leap to kind of make some noise. So I, I hope, I hope some of these guys get at least into the conversation. Cause I think that's one of the things that we've kind of lacked that we haven't been in the combo and we need to make sure that we're in that conversation. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Cause when I thought of two other names that, that came to mind was Mark Allen and, and, and um, Wendell Carter for that award. Most improved. Another one too that comes to mind in the same award, Jalen Suggs. Struggled so bad shooting the ball this season. I mean, he could not hit a three-pointer, it feels like. Um, below 25% for three-point range. Just think about this kid coming back, finishing better at the rim, and making just, I don't know, one to two threes a night. That's all it takes. And maybe a couple more free throws, getting a little more respect. This kid can average easily 20 points a night. He averaged 12 this past season with all the struggles he couldn't finish inside he couldn't hit a three and the impact that he has on the defensive end as well so if you combine those two things a little more scoring a great defender that he is and hopefully the magic playing better that's another name that i can see winning uh or being a consideration for most improved it'd be cool if they created like a like a sophomore of the year award like a like just another one from that draft class just in the second year because I feel like the second year is is an important year for the young guys. You already got your first year in the NBA. You're no longer a rookie, so you're not grabbing donuts for the other guys. Like you're you're now finding yourself of who you are as an NBA player, at least the beginning steps. Um, so that, that'd be cool. I'm just glad that they're not doing the uh, the TNT award ceremony that nobody ever went to. I think that was a disaster glad they stopped yeah. that they tried it, it I, I never understood the point of it i never watched it who cares i like it that it's back to how it always been yeah Just announce it and that's it yeah yeah i like it all right so which kind of leads us to our next segment so when it comes to the 2021 nba draft class 
The Athletic came out with an article uh, re, uh, re-ranking or re-submitting the draft. And um, the draft stands as this. Number one, they still put Kate. Number two, rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. Three, Mobley. Four, Jalen Green. Number five, Franz Wagner. Six, Giddy. Seven, Kaminga. And then eight, Jalen Songs. Let me start off by saying there's zero creativity in that because all they did was grab Franz and, and Jalen and they just swapped them. So I, I wish it was a little more creativity. But other than that, do you agree with this list? What are your thoughts on the, the redraft? Well, the other switch was uh, Barnes went to two, Jalen Green dropped to four. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. If you ask me, <clears throat> all the credit in the world to Scotty Barnes. Maybe I just haven't seen enough of him. But I still think that I, if I was a GM today building a team, I still like Mobley and Jalen Green above above him. I know he won Rookie of the Year. I know he had an amazing season for the Raptors. I truly believe what made him win that award was the fact that the Raptors made the playoffs. And they just didn't barely get in. They just they actually made it. Like, you know, Cleveland, unfortunately, struggled at the end. They barely got in. The Raptors were established. They, they made it safely. I think that gave him a lot of extra votes. Because, again, man, Jalen Green towards the end when he was healthy, kind of built, he, he got going in the NBA. He was a beast. 30 points a night, 28 points a night. Like, exactly what we expected out of him coming out of college. Mobley got hurt a couple times, and that hurt him. But other than that, if you put him side by side, I would pick Mobley over Barnes all day long. Length, defense, shooting. So uh, that's the only thing I don't agree with. I don't think Barnes should be too. The magic picks, I agree 100%. I think looking back at it now, Franz, Suggs, makes sense. We, we even joked, said, hey, what if we would have picked uh, Franz at five? Would have gone crazy at him if it would have happened. But what if it would have played out the way that he did? Franz five, Suggs eight. What would have happened? Would have been happy at the end of the day, right? So I don't, I don't care how those go. I still think that it worked out at the end for us. Uh, what about you? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree? What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? It's weird that they wouldn't put Scotty Barnes one. I think that if you're going to do a redraft, Scotty Barnes won rookie of the year. I'm not saying that I would draft him one, but I think for the content creation point of it all, why wouldn't you put rookie of the year number one? And if that's the case, why did Scotty Barnes win rookie of the year? If you would still, you know, draft, end up drafting Kate, you know? So I don't know, man. I think, um, uh, so first and foremost, you still got a lot of Raptor fans out there that really want us to be upset that Scotty Barnes won rookie of the year. Like they really want us to be like, damn, oh my God, we can't believe we missed out on Scotty Barnes and blah, blah, blah. Like that's not the case. There's not one Magic fan out there that is mad that one, Scotty Barnes won rookie of the year, and then two, that we miss out on Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes is a hell of a player. I think that he did really good in Toronto. I am A-OK with, with, with Jalen and Franz. A lot of it is due to the fact that Franz had been playing his ass off. If Franz didn't play as good as he played and Jalen Suggs still gave us the season that he gave us, then maybe, maybe I'd be a little butthurt. But other than that, like we like we we're Gucci, like we're we're good. Like the outcome is great for us. Why would we be upset? One, Scotty wasn't available when we got to draft. Two, we got two studs that, you know, although Jalen Suggs offensively wasn't the greatest outcome, we still a lot of we still saw a lot of great things on on the defensive end. 
And it's a rookie season. How many all-stars or big-name players in the NBA have we seen that turn out to be amazing players that didn't have a really good rookie season? So if you're worried, you shouldn't be. And that's my thinking, too. Back back to the Raptors fans and their thoughts. I don't get it. Like, like you said, Barnes was not there for us to take. Nope. The way that things played out was backwards. They took him. And that's perfectly fine. Like, you know, that that's the pick they made. But don't be naive. We've seen the videos, too, of Raptors fans' reactions when they drafted Scotty Barnes. It wasn't pretty. Was so, not. you know, to, to go back now and be like, oh, my God, we knew all along this is our guy. You're lying to yourself. And that's okay. You don't have to admit it. Nobody expected Scotty Barnes to play the way that he did. And even the way that he played, I still think, again, Mobley should have been Rookie of the Year. Just my opinion. Um, but again, let, I don't get it. Let them let them keep dreading over this whole decision. They made their pick. We picked the best player available to us. That's the way that he played out, and I'm happy with it too. So let's let that go. There was a debate that I saw online that was asking, would you rather have Scotty Barnes or have Jalen and Franz? Come on. Like, I, I, just, I just don't understand like the thought process for – for like an outside fan base. I don't, I don't understand it. I wish I did. I wish I did. I can tell you this. If the Magic were to call the Raptors right now, at when the season ends, and ask them, hey, we'll give you Franz and Suggs for Scotty Barnes. Straight up. Do you think they say no to that? I think they say no. You th- I think well, they maybe say no. Maybe he won Rookie of the Year. They, they don't want to no. trade him because he won that. But the reality no. is, man, like 90% of teams would say yes. You're getting two solid players, young guys, good contracts, great potential, for one, it doesn't make any sense. But again, to your point, I don't know why it's this, this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they have this, this thing with magic fans and the picks that we made it. I don't get it. Like move on. We, we made our picks and that's it. We got to look forward at this point. They're, they're just, they're just mad that, you know, we got Terrence Ross from there. Yeah, they're just they're a little hurt. They're a little, I mean, listen, I, I think that Toronto, they're happy with Scotty Barnes. They weren't in the beginning. They are now happy for them. I think the Orlando Magic, collectively, we can all say they were happy about Franz and about Jalen. It's okay for multiple teams to be happy. At the same time, you know, enjoy your rookie of the year. And then let's see if they come up with a sophomore of the year and we can celebrate them. <laughs> all right, man, let's jump into our tankathon.com. Let's uh, simulate this draft to see kind of where we land. Um, as we stated before, we're going to keep track of um, the wins and losses that we get from this. So at the time of the lottery, we can kind of compare where we've landed um, at what place, how many times. Now, keep in mind, when we do this lottery, the lowest that we can fall is sixth, but we don't want to be in sixth. We want to be in that top three. So let's uh, let's roll it and let's see where we land. So as a reminder, we picked third in last week's simulation. Mm-hmm. So let's see how we do today. All right. Let's go. In the 2022 NBA draft. Ooh. The Orlando Magic select number one, number one. All right, so we lucked out, man. Our second try, and we were able to get to that number one spot. Of that number, oh, man, that is rough. Of that number one, number two ends up being the Los Angeles Lakers, but they don't have any draft picks because they decided to trade everything away. So that goes to New Orleans. Then it's Detroit, San Antonio, and Houston. What are your thoughts on, uh, on the outcome? If this happens, I'll be, oh my goodness, this this will be like a dream scenario for me. Not only do the Magic get the number one pick, but the Lakers and LeBron get to suffer and see, man, we could have had 
a great player, but instead we got AD, which is fine. That's a great player, but whew, it's got to sting after missing the playoffs. Um, in this scenario, though, we'll talk about a potential first-round pick today in a few minutes uh, in chat. But if this is the way things play out, as of today, April 29th, Anthony, I'm asking you, what are you doing? Who are you, who are you taking right now? It, who, who did I say last week? Did I say Paolo? I think I'm still sticking with Paolo. I think I might still be sticking with Paolo. What is up, Magic fans? The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, you can place same-game parlays each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets if one of your legs does not hit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But again, it's it's fluid and it's constantly changing. I, I don't I don't know I don't know. It's and it's what makes um it's what makes this all kind of uh fun and gives you anxiety a little bit because you really don't know the Magic haven't or no team for that matter has has really started with any of the draft workout. So I think that you know no one can really like none of the teams are really going to be able to make a decision with this draft class in that manner without seeing them in person. Because it's not like other drafts. Last draft, you knew for a fact that Cade Cunningham was going number one. There was small talks about Jalen Green going one, but Cade Cunningham's name was was the loudest. Like you absolutely knew. Zion, you absolutely knew. We don't know that this draft. And I think that you're not gonna know that until we see the workouts. And not only that, I think a big part of it too is gonna be knowing that you're coming to a young team, what you would consider a small market in Orlando, I I, I got to think that our front office is going to ask those questions. How do you feel about the fit, the players that we have? And those answers are going to play a role here too. Um, but yeah, and that's, that's starting soon. I think those interviews start shortly before or after the lottery. So we're getting to that point where those interviews are going to start taking place, the workouts and stuff. So we're getting closer to that. In my mind, if that was to happen today, I completely forgot who I picked last week. I think it was Jabari Smith. Jabari. Um, picking one instead of three. Uh, I would probably still pick Jabari Smith as of today. Again, that may change between now and June, but I would still go that route. Um, just Again, just the, the guy I think has NBA skills today that would be helpful to our team today. Um so I'll be my guy today, but I mean, so so you're not so the great thing about and why you want the magic to draft one who doesn't want that. The reason the reason why is you don't want the leftovers. You want to be able to make a decision on your guy. 
And I think that that's by far the most important thing that we want to be able to take away, picking a player that we want for this team. Do you feel as if Chet Holmgren's relationship with Jalen Suggs gives him the advantage of being drafted by us? If you don't know, you should know. But if you don't know, um, they played AU basketball together. Jalen Suggs went to Gonzaga. Chet went to Gonzaga, uh, Gonzaga. So there's definitely a relationship there. They're from the Minnesota area. What are your thoughts? You you think that maybe that might edge the magic a little bit more just because there's a, a little chemistry there already? I think so. I think our front office is smart enough to know, hey, if we can get a guy to come to our, our team that has chemistry with one of our guys already, it will make an easy transition. Why not? I think that would be a, a determining factor, I feel, if we do have the number one pick. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think the workouts mean something. The interviews mean something. But I think that also plays a role. Um, I think of Mo Bamba and Cole Anthony a few years back. You know, that was kind of known that they got along really well. They knew each other from the New York days. Um, and then we see Cole Anthony coming to Orlando. Um, and we've seen how that has played out. These dudes have great chemistry. But don't forget also, Chad has been liking and retweeting and doing things on Twitter. Everything. About Everything. the Orlando Magic, about Jalen Suggs. Um, so like you said, there's a huge connection there from the Minnesota days to Gonzaga to now potentially playing with the Magic. Um, and even recently, he, he did an interview and he said, I really don't care about going number one. I care about going to the right situation. So I'm like, huh. It's interesting. So I do think that there's something to that, if you ask me. So what would be the reason why we should draft Chair Holmgren? If you're, if you're, on the fence, what, what would be some of the things that you would maybe tell somebody to convince them that Chet is our guy? So I'm going to start by this, man. So I, I read online today, I could play a comparison for Chet, and it went like this. On offense, he can be Dirk. On defense, he can be Marcus Camby. Going old school here. Great shot blocker, great interior defender. So when you think of that, you know, getting a player that can have the potential to be amazing on the offensive end, but also defend really well, block shots really well, the potential, I mean, the sky's the limit with a guy like that. Um, pros, shot blocking, three-point shooting, and he makes a smart plays on the offensive end. Um, oftentimes I've heard he's the next Mobamba. Okay, valid. I look at the stats and college stats for both. Pretty similar, although Chet's a much better shooter um, than Mo was coming out of college. But points, rebounds, and blocks, pretty similar. Frame, very similar. The one difference is Chet is not afraid of contact. He's a smart, def- a smart offensive player. He, he, can, he knows what to do with the ball, whereas Mo Bamba, it's either catch and shoot or alley-oops. Other than that, there's no game on the offensive end, on the offensive end for Mo Bamba. Um, so that's what you would need to like if you're a Magic fan and getting the potential of drafting this kid. It's a, he's a hard worker, solid offensive player that can block shots. How about you? Is there anything I missed from that? No, I mean, he, listen, he's he's seven foot one, has a seven foot six inch wingspan. Um, there was a picture floating around the internet um, that I saw a couple of days ago of him sitting next to Taco Fall. Taco Fall is what? Seven foot five, seven six, something along those lines. Um, and and Chet Holmgren is like, looks like he's a, a couple inches shorter than this man. So this dude is definitely a, a freak of nature. He is long. He's tall. He he is a skillful basketball player. 
Um, he he can move his feet laterally. The student, like the the only thing that you can really say about Chet, or w- one of the biggest drawbacks that maybe scare people a little bit, is the fact that you know he's he's really skinny, doesn't weigh that much, and I think that you know if you look at it that way, the concern is, um, you know, he, how much can he really impact in the NBA game right away? Nobody wants another project. And I think that we have been uh, traumatized with projects for, for a long period of time. I and mean, we want to be able to get a player that we're able to put in the game now and, and impact, you know, both ends right away. We don't want to wait. Um, but I, I, I just think that there is, there is so much upside with this kid that, you know, you, it, it would be hard to risk it. Like we would look back. I think that he's a player that we would look back that if we pass on him, that we will, we would have been like, damn, one, we, we could have had the chance to get him. Oh man. Imagine him and J.I. together. Imagine him and, and so-and-so. I, I think that, you know, we, we could regret it. He's still not my pick, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I can easily convince myself when we look at Giannis, Giannis came into the league at 190 pounds. Hmm. He weighs 242 pounds now. KD, 215. Now he's 240. You have Jonathan Isaac, 210. Now he's 230. So I'm not saying that, you know, in a couple years, Chet's going to have a Giannis body. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is get this dude into an NBA regimen, and you're you're talking about he's going to be able to put on that weight. He's going to be able to, to grow that muscle. It's part of being a professional. It, it happens naturally. So I think that there there is a lot of upside, and I can see why so many people want to go the chat route. Yeah, I mean, the only con for me, other than the skinny frame, is where are his are his minutes coming from in Orlando? So assuming that things stay as they are today, no trades, nothing like that. How do you how do you see him being again the same in this situation that happened today? First pick in the draft. Gets along really well with Jalen Suggs. He's now a magic player. Where do you play him? So now you have a center, right? Because he will be a center. So do you play Wendell at the four? But then GI is healthy. What does GI play? But I, but you can you can say that about any player that we draft. The Magic have so many young rookies or young players in general. You can say that about anyone from the from the guard positions to the wing positions to the the big men. Like who, somebody's gonna have to, you know, not have that that spotlight anymore. It's just it's the nature of the game. But that's that's but, a it's a good problem to have though. Yeah. So I think the easy fix there would be you pretty much let Mobamba go at that point, right? Like you have to kind of give him the minutes at the center position if he gets drafted to Orlando. But even then, that's a tough decision because Mobamba showed a little bit of potential, and you gotta wonder what would that look like having these two massive dudes playing center for us. But then again, like you mentioned, then you have J.I., Chuma, um, Wendell at the four. So uh, to your point, I think no matter what happens in the draft, we got to start consolidating some of these guys, man, because the minutes are just not going to be there. Um, so my only concern with Chad is that if he gets drafted, I want to see him play 30 minutes a night from preseason. Like, let's, let's see this kid play in the NBA right away. And I just don't know how that would happen right now, today, April 29th. That may change come June 30th when we make a trade and kind of consolidate some of the things that we have. But as of today, it's kind of hard to see him fitting into the team. I mean, and that's that's kind of the reason why I've always mentioned that, 
you know, even though we kind of just started this rebuild, we're on the back end of the rebuild. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, all right, so let's say that we get lucky enough and we get the number one pick in the draft. How in the world, being one of the worst teams in the NBA, do we get the number one pick in the draft and that number one pick in the draft does not start? In what capacity? How do you even explain that? Mm-hmm. How? You're the worst team in the NBA. I'm, I'm not I'm not taking in consideration injury, like none of that. You're the worst team in the NBA. You get the number one pick in the draft. You end up drafting Chet Holmgren. How is Chet not going to start for your basketball team? How? Somebody is going to ha- it's, it's going to have to happen. And I, I get your concern, but Franz, you're not moving Franz. Markel, you're not moving Markel. Wendell deserves not to be moved. Jonathan Isaac, in the beginning, I could see them going that route where we're going to slowly, slowly bring you back in. But who knows if he's even going to be ready? Whatever it is that they say, who really knows? Because no one's really known anything for the last two years. It's going to be interesting to, to see the route that they go because adding another lottery pick to this team, it makes things a little a little complicated. Good complicated. Good for us. For sure. A lot harder for the front office because they're going to have to make decisions. We're at the point where decisions need to be made because we're not even talking about you know the the two early second round picks that we have for this draft. And as as we've seen, the story of the playoffs have been the second round players playing great basketball and helping their team win games. So this whole second round is draft is is flattened and and we're just going to keep training away these second round picks. These second round picks are starting to show that there really is a lot. You can find value in the second round, which can either be a good thing for the front office if they want to trade them because other teams are going to want the second round. Same time, we need to be a little selfish and we need to we need to keep that. But again, decisions need to be made. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we move on from from chat. To see right now, so today, is he more of the next Mobamba? Or is he more of remember back in, in the Luca draft? We kept hearing, let's not draft uh Luca because Mario Hasonia is still fresh in our minds. He reminds us of 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 Mario. So is Chad the next Mobamba, or is he the potential Luca of this draft that we keep comparing to a guy like Mobamba because of recent memory? But in reality, he could be the next superstar of the NBA. I think collectively, people are just so afraid of international players that high um, in the lottery. I think people are just terrified and afraid. Um, we take a look at Luca, and we're like, man, we see it. But you know, let's take a look at you know other names that we've seen, like Mario Hisonia. There is no like. Imagine if the Magic would have drafted Luca after the bad experience of Mario Hisonia. The beginning reaction of the fan base would have been, I think, mixed. Some people who really watch basketball would be like, yo, this guy is is legit. But you're going to have other people th- that are saying, oh, here we go again. I I get it. I understand it. But it's so hard to tell. How do you know? If there's one thing that I wish that the fan base we were able to see is we were able to see the workouts. Mm-hmm. We were able to see it. 
I think last year we we were able to see Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey because they did it with um I, I believe it was Clutch Sports that they did something. We were able to see that, but I wish that whether it be on Facebook Live or anything, like I wish that we were able to see the the magic workouts. And a lot of it has to do in the reason why they don't and they never will will be because they want other teams to watch it. Like imagine Chet Holmgren or Jabari or Paolo, and they end up saying, I'm only after the lottery, Magic win number one, I'm only going to work out for the Magic, nobody else. They won't record it because they don't want other people to see that workout. Exactly. Why, why are you going to help another team? So I understand the reason why. I just wish that we were able to be a fly in the room and be able to see those things because that's where you really understand, you know, who's who and what's what. Mm-hmm. I agree. On that note, man, it's a quick episode today. Not a whole lot going on, um, but we're getting closer and closer to that lottery. So definitely going to be a lot of fun to kind of watch to see how these playoffs end up landing. And then we jump into the lottery, man. On that ra- on that note, it's a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening. Till next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.